0: So my, my parents came over for Thanksgiving that year because I was like there over Thanksgiving and I was like I'm gonna cook dinner and my mom was like what
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> are we gonna die like what what is going on
1: yeah. we're in Rome we can go anywhere yeah yeah, yeah, yeah want to yeah, cook yeah. Restaurants you can imagine everywhere. the
0: conversations behind the scenes and I was like no we're all gonna have dinner together and she, and and we did.
1: Hello, and welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast about people's lives who've been transformed by trying something new. Today, we are revisiting our mini series, Girl Let's Talk About Food, with Caitlin Roberts, owner and proprietor of Easy Entertaining in Providence, Rhode Island.
0: My name is Caitlin Roberts, and I am the owner of Easy Entertaining Incorporated.
1: Easy Entertaining Incorporated. What on earth is Easy Entertaining Incorporated? Yeah,
0: it's not so easy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it was this like snappy little name that I came up with when I came back from culinary school. Thought it would be nice to have a company that kind of described what I was trying to do, which was make it easy for folks to entertain within their home. Hmm. That's it in a nutshell. And yeah. it's kind of grown into um, now what we would say is for Rhode Island a medium sized business uh, catering. Uh, we also have a commissary. And a variety of accoutrements for catering. So design services, kind of a good, well-rounded envelope of services that we offer now.
1: Yeah. So that initial set, the easy entertaining in your home, what was that kind of made up of?
0: That was when I was starting out and I was a personal chef. So let me think about this. Back in 2006, I finished culinary school, and I knew I didn't want to work in a restaurant. So people started to say, well, while you're figuring out what you want to do, why don't you come cook for us? Thankfully. Yeah. And, um, and so I'd cook for folks, and it maybe it was like 8, and then it was 10, and then it was 12, and then people were like, oh, that was great, but I'm having a baby shower, and that's 30 people. Can you do that? And that's 40 people, and can you do that? And so then I started renting commissary space, actually – Um, in the back of Quality Fruitland in Seekonk in Massachusetts. My first food license was there, and I'd prep some food, and I used to bring it to teachers at the middle school, Barrington Middle School. They could, like, order lunch, and I'd bring it to them, and I'd be like, hey, if you're having a dinner party, consider me. And then it just kind of grew from there, and the requests got larger, more intricate things that you couldn't necessarily like do on site hmm. without being there. Like, Oh, is it cool if I'm at your house at 8am for like a four o'clock dinner party? And people were like, no, no, that's yeah. not cool. Right. So we kind of grew from there. One of my first hires was, um, our executive chef that's still with us now. Yeah. So that was, that's how we slowly started growing when you realize you can't do it by yourself.
1: So when did you kind of make that turning point between starting the business and realizing, Oh, this is working.
0: I think once you hire employees, at least for me, it was like a responsibility, right? So I had to like really think about it and be like, okay, this is somebody else's livelihood now. It's not just my livelihood. And so it was certainly working. We were certainly getting more calls and requests, but making sure that it worked for us as well, making sure that it was as efficient and streamlined as it should be. That was a whole other thing. That was probably like three years in, but- I grew it very organically, you know, like I didn't go out and all the things that kids do these days to like grow businesses. Right. Like I was having lunch today with Melena from Rebel. And I remember like when she used to do pop ups and stock Mm. like that stuff didn't exist almost 15 years ago now. Right. When I when I was doing that. So it was hard to get like there was no grassroots effort to get people's names out.
1: Right. Yeah. You, you either had to go where people already were yeah. or,
0: I mean, there wasn't Instagram yeah. like think like right. thinking about that, right? Like Facebook was around, but people hadn't really hinged onto it for like a marketing tool at that mm, point. Yeah. Email, meh. it was still like, it was just like a different world than we're, than we're in now. So it really had to be like, Oh, did you go to that party? Did you have her food? Here's her business card. They were like from Vistaprint. They were terrible. I mean, nothing <laughs> yeah. Vista Print, but it's just like, that was the way that you got your name out there. Yeah. So that was probably like a s that was probably close to two thousand nine. Yeah. So I was about three years in. So three, three years. Three, three years. other jobs I was working at the same time. Wow. So
2: so it wasn't just the personal chef stuff. You no. also were working oh,
0: at God. restaurants? Or? I was a full-time nanny for a oh, wow. uh, family on the east side, which was great because I would also cook for them. And then they'd be like, oh, Kate's amazing. Did you know that she can cook? <laughs> I was a <laughs> bartender. And then I still, I feel like nowadays I probably would have been an Uber driver. But, uh, <laughs> and then I also worked like part-time in some retail shops. I worked... I just did anything I could yeah. to make money.
2: Was it just to make money, or were you were you moving towards something more with Easy Entertaining?
0: I think I thought I was moving moving towards a larger Easy Entertaining. I mean, but it's always nerve wracking when you like pull the parachute. You know, mm. we have. Um, I don't. Do you guys know "Whisk Me Away"? Yeah,
2: yeah. Morgan third guest yeah.
0: yeah okay because i just saw i was i haven't i'm gonna listen to morgan's podcast anyways That's morgan great. works for us she she's one of our stylists oh oh awesome. okay so oh, cool. like really cool so yeah. i was just thinking about her the other day because like she'll she just like i don't know what it is she'll she would know to tell you like 10 hours a week right maybe 15 but it's hard to know like when to to pull it and say okay now i'm 100 percent just gonna work for myself so she does stuff that really helps us and helps us with our styling and our design and it's a little bit in our realm Mm. but it's not oh it's she, she doesn't bake for us oh wow and so like supporting other people that are in that field so they feel comfortable that's i remember that i remember i remember the day that i resigned from being a nanny too and i remember being like holy smokes like this is terrifying right you know but i never had to get another job (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's a
0: good sign. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's the funny thing about the leap is that if what you're doing is working enough, that that leap will actually be the thing that makes it work. Like, right. like it wouldn't have you wouldn't have never been able to do it to the degree that you are now had you not said, "All right, I'm going to give up it. my nannying hours yeah. to go focus on this."
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like one or the other, do you put the cart before the horse, or. Yeah. How does how does it come about, and then, and then the like real entrepreneurship takes place, yeah. where you're like, how am I gonna pay my rent?
2: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that pressure
0: is important. Yeah, it is. It, it's and and that really like out of that stress and adversity, I think is what really births real. Yeah entrepreneurship.
1: When you talk about, you know, that, that shift three years in, you know, thinking about like, okay, I realized it really started to work when I was hiring, you know, my first person, my first Mm -hmm. employee, were you more interested in kind of the business side of this or was the food side of the business more of an attraction for you kind of starting out and then did did that shift or evolve? Yeah.
0: Food was like everything to me. I mean, food's still everything to me now, but back then it was like, I had done undergrad, I was going to law school, so I like really oh, wow. pivoted and moved <laughs> to culinary. Yeah, And so like food was really my whole life at that point. And like I went to culinary school, learned, was in Italy, learned about seasons. This is, all, I mean, 15 years ago, people were like not into the local food movement as much. Mm-hmm. I remember when I moved back from Italy, my mom was super jazzed because um, you guys know Eli Dunn. They were like one of the first restaurants that I remember. They were like using Blackbird Farm beef. They were just like s- serving seasonal stuff. And that was like really big then. So we loved it. We went all the time. And when I first came back, it was like educating people about where food came from, what was really in their chicken. Like all this. That was, that was my whole thing. Life kind of took over. And then Farm Fresh came around. And that was like 2010-ish. And then the American kind of public shifted their perspective of groceries and products and protein and all that kind of stuff so that helped that was like my business model and it helped it and then once I started hiring people I mean The one rule right is you always hire people that are smarter and better at things than you are in certain areas. And so the people that work for me in the kitchen are like way more talented (laughs) than I could ever dream to be cooking wise. And that's when I realized like, okay, I think I'm, I think I can, I'm pretty good at business. Or I have to be because I'm not as good of a cook as they <laughs> <Sure>. are. <laughs> I was Pushing
2: kind of, myself out of my own business. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the um, business is certainly dynamic enough to keep me interested, which has been hard for anything in my life to be dynamic enough for me to like remain intrigued.
2: Do you still get involved in the cooking, or is it mostly? delegated now
0: so at our 10-year anniversary I handed over the executive chef role to our my then sous chef Ashley who at that point had already been with us for seven years and now she's been the executive chef so no I the only I only get involved in cooking in so far as to say like I ate this figure it out let's add it to the menu I think that's honed over like years of trust for their talent and their craft and knowing that with catering, it's a whole different beast than a, than a restaurant because we need to know how to make it and then we need to know how to scale it and then we need to know how to make it in a tent without power. Like it's a whole different animal for 200 people. Right and get it out in ten minutes. That's catering. <laughs> so it's like, oh my
1: gosh, terrifying. you know, my right? eyes are like gigantic. Yeah, yeah. How, how does this? Yeah. Work?
0: So we're like, okay, is that doable? Is that not doable? And and they always you know, have an answer for that. So Kate, mm, not gonna work. Okay, let's move on. Let's do something else. But oh that's big with trusting folks, I think that work for you. And so yeah, I, I'm an idea girl. I
2: mean, it's an important part of scale, right? It's, it's a testament to how far you've come in your business that you you understand that, okay, these people need to handle this because I have a large enough company that if I was still cooking, I wouldn't be doing it justice. Yeah. You know? And
0: that was big. Like when you start as a personal chef, people were like, you're not going to be there. And I'm like, no, and your event's going right. to be so much better. <laughs> um, so that that's big. And even still today, like people will deal with me and they have no idea that I that I own the company you know nor really should it matter but they'll be like oh are you going to be at my event that day and I'll be like I'm not I'm going to have an events person there they're great they're great at execute you know we're all kind of great at what we do and so that is huge for scale for sure like I was having lunch with a colleague today and she was like oh, you know, I was talking to so-and-so and and they said, I'll make sure it's perfect for you. I'll make all your stuff myself. And I'm like, I don't ever want to hear that because like, God forbid the person go on vacation or stop, you know, like consistency has to be replicated by everybody throughout the company. That's, that's a hard part of scale.
1: Have you done an event with no power?
0: Oh yeah. Oh,
1: what does that, what does that even Mm. entail? What
0: yeah um like a propane stove okay. um yeah. just one uh, like Camera. camera so you're
1: actually cooking at the event then?
0: oh yeah or or warming or yeah whatever it is that we're doing um or we were like thinking we would have power but the dj took a little too much power that happens a lot yeah um yeah or we um have like less power than we thought we'd have or like or it's too, like, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to grill when it's like 10 degrees outside, but sometimes like the propane, it doesn't freeze, but it, it gets clogged. You have to like bleed the line, right? So if we're trying to turn ovens on to cook outside in January, which is super practical, um, but we do it all the time, call yeah. us, um, <laughs> then you got to like bleed the line, hook it up, let the ovens hook, you know warm for like 45 extra minutes. And yeah, we do that a lot. We Ovens,
2: I, I, sorry. I feel like a, I feel sort of stupid, but I've never seen an oven at an outside. event outside. Yeah. yeah. But, That's um. good.
0: Cause people like to hide us. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in summer, nice. You'll see Frank, like he'll sure. be roaming around. Yeah. Like, But, um, yeah, no, it's usually like anything, a really good caterer can make you feel like you're having a restaurant experience, but you're, you know, on the water in Jamestown yeah. Or you're, like, overlooking a cliff or you're outside in your backyard and you just shouldn't, like, notice a variance, Yeah, you know?
1: So is is every event that you do, basically, unless you, like, really know the venue, like, you go into it basically like, we're not going to have power, let's prep for that. But if we do, it's, like, a treat.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) uh, power's a treat, for sure. Like, or some venues have kitchens in them, and I just use that loosely because... It might just mean it's indoors and has a counter and access to a plug. And that's, yeah. that's, that is opulent for us. Mm. We cook in a lot of closets, basements, um, random, like really random places. Yeah. Cause they, you know, the art is in the party, not in how it's manufactured for folks. So they don't necessarily want to see all that.
1: How does the whole thing work? Like end to end, how does somebody even like get a hold of you to book?
0: If you think back to your wedding, yeah. right. You're like, it's this huge, massive event and you have to plan it. And you've never planned an event or hired a caterer before, probably, right. probably ever in your life. And it's a huge amount of money. And what is it going to? And what, like, it's very unclear. So a lot of folks, when they call us for catering, like for something personal, like a wedding, you know, starting there, it's a lot of education based. So like, here's some examples of brackets of service you can get, you know, how do you want your wedding to feel? Where is your wedding? Um, just starting, starting at things like that. That's kind of wedding category. There's a whole other category of like life celebrations. Those people have probably had access to catering before. Maybe they've gotten catering from like a local restaurant and they want to do something that's like a little more rounded. Uh, those people usually have like a level, another level of like intel if you will. And we're just kind of educating them about what we offer or what we would suggest for their party. So someone will usually like send something in and be like, Hey, I'm having 40 people. The time frame's this. We'd love to have some noshes. We're going to do a wine tasting. What would you suggest? And we'll put something together. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is like corporate, right? So these are people that we always call like the masterminds of catering. Like they order catering for probably part of their life just like half their job is coordinating meetings, time setups. And so they know exactly what they want or don't want and exactly how they want the people that are enjoying it to feel. And they're very good at conveying that. So they're like dream people to work with. (laughs) Um, But you have to think it's so fun to work with folks who've never had it before because it really is magic. They're like, oh, I had this. It was just the two of us, and we had a tasting. And now I have 200 people, and everybody's having the same thing. And it's just kind of like nice to have it come to light for them. They're not going to come back for a while because they're, you know, not having occasions right thereafter. Because they're poor now. Right. They're poor now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. But it's nice to see, have like, see their excitement for it
2: yeah Yeah, it's like the the two different perspectives one is the joy you guys get out of being able to work with people who who, it's like magic for them it's just this amazing event but then it's also the the joy of not having to deal with people who have no idea what they're doing right (laughs) yeah
0: no it is it's it's different and and again going back to the dynamic thing like the the variance of clients that we get is very interesting Mm. it's you know you're always you're working in a different facet each day for sure so education's big Um, and listening's big. Like, what are they really hosting? What do they really want it to feel like? Like, what do they love to eat? What do they hate to eat? And so you usually get one shot, right? Like you'll walk into a restaurant, look at the menu and be like, I want to eat here. I don't want to eat here. Mm -hmm. Same thing with catering. Like if you're going to send them a menu, like you probably have one shot. So you Mm -hmm. want it to be like in a budget that they respect, the food that they like, the timing, like you don't want to miss any of those details.
1: So in addition to catering, you also have an event space, right?
0: Yeah, we have an event space on campus at um, Rising Sun Mills. Uh, We just picked up another one. So we have two. We have um, the cafe and we have the atrium now. That's great. Oh, wow. Huge. Like the atrium is essentially two old mill buildings connected by a glass atrium. So we have two there. And then we have a couple exclusive vendors in Providence. Um, and then we just work like we were talking about in a lot of people's backyards, yeah. summer houses. We we see a lot of real estate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Varying degrees of yeah uh, quality.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, it's like it's it's great. You see like all these hidden gems, and you can drive by house one day and be in it the next.
2: Now, why open the the cafe and the other locations? Is it to have a, a place for people to do their events as well?
0: Yeah, good question. So when I started. The company. I was, I had a live work loft in Rising Sun. And that, where I am now was like this pizza restaurant that would like go out of business and then there was another business and then when we were ready to jump like when we were ready to we had a kitchen in the butcher block mill Um, before they now that now it's become the rubber lofts and they've like rehabbed it into apartments but we in like the real butcher block mill we were like okay and we had offices in Hope Artist Village I was like we need to be together that again that rest that poor restaurant I don't even know what it was went out of business yet again and so (laughs) I went to the landlords and I was like you should have me in here because i started my business here it's like a wonderful feel good story you should put that out there and the kitchen seemed big at the time and i was like this is perfect because i always had clients being like do you have a place that'll host 30 people or like a lunch and learn and there wasn't a lot of places that weren't a restaurant but it would still be affordable enough for them to do that in private and have parking off street parking in providence that's like right a dream. yeah it's you, a pretty decent at, lot there right yeah. Yeah. So, um, they were like, no, no, you can't afford it. And I was like, I know. so <laughs> we, we came to, uh, we came to an agreement. We moved in there in 2012, but part of that agreement was, okay, Kate, we need you to have a restaurant like front or food that you can op- offer to the public. And I was like, I really don't want to do this, but it, it's been good. We, uh, you know, it's very fresh at our will, like what we want, grab and go easy breezy. Food You can eat in there until three o'clock and then we run events out of there. So it's like, it's fine. It is what it is. But what I underestimated was it would let us meet so many other folks, right? And have exposure to the brand outside of Instagram and email and word of mouth. And so it's nice to put that out there. If you love this salad, you can have it for 10 and come pick it up and bring it to your office. So we're always, we're continuously working on making that transition, but that's, what's been nice about it to have that access. And so then the space, and then they're in the space and the space works well. And they realize that And sometimes all the stuff comes together.
2: (laughs) So it's just like, yeah, it's like implicit advertising for
0: your business. So
2: that's pretty cool.
1: And you're the only pizza place that has worked in that space.
0: Right. Totally. I used to do a lot of
2: work out of is Highlander still there? Yeah,
0: Highlander charters yeah, there. Yeah,
2: I used to do. I'm a software engineer by oh, day, wow. so I did work oh, yeah. for them. And I would go over. I think I went over to e- Easy Entertaining a few oh, times. What
1: but, do you do by night?
0: Yeah, um, by night
2: I solve uh, I solve mysteries. Oh, yeah. and then in the evening I do yeah. podcasts. Oh, that's fantastic! So, yeah! Wow. When do you so sleep? Much. I don't know. <laughs> My daughter wakes up in when I'm dead. That's <laughs> no, really cool. I, I I saw I saw it on your website. And I was like,
0: oh, I know that place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, cool. it's it it works well. I mean, we don't always connect the dots, but it does work well for people to try try it before they buy it, kind of thing. It's like a little gimmicky to say that, but. I always say to people, like, sure, come try it and see if you like anything here. And then you'll know, like, when we deliver the food, it's of the same caliber. It's all coming out of the same kitchen.
2: Do you have, like, a a relatively fixed menu or will you pretty much make anything?
0: We're seasonal, for sure. So we try to steer people into making good decisions on seasonality so like that would include potentially not having a caprese skewer in january (laughs) but maybe having like a roasted preserved tomato burrata crostini we have a menu in that sense do clients say to us hey kate we really need to have a caprese skewer in january and i say sure but I'm not taking responsibility for the viability of the tomatoes all the time. (laughs) Sure. But that's not what I necessarily put out there. But over the years, like in the beginning, I'd be like, we won't sell that. And then that was like a really bad financial decision. Sure. So my lines have become a little bit, a, a, a little bit less like hard and fast when I was a lot younger. And now they're more like... We won't sell any kind of animal protein that is anything that I wouldn't eat. So it's like everything's grass-fed, cage-free, no antibiotics, like hard no on that for us. So like, hey, can you sell us... Purdue chicken, like absolutely not.
1: Do you ever have people asking for that? They're like, hey, can you make sure we get some ones that are RGBT in there?
0: We have people more so in the beginning that would be like, this chicken's more expensive than the chicken, you know, like, why is this? It's more of an education point. Like, why is this more expensive now? Because... Transportation costs and gas for a while got so expensive, it, it leveled off a little bit. Like To get my chicken from like the middle of America wasn't so much more expensive than getting it from down the street. We more have people that are like, oh, sorry, I can't, you know, so-and-so catering company was $11 per head and you guys are 12 mm-hmm. And sometimes you just lose stuff that way because a lot of times we want to work with people and you want to match things and be a good partner. But, you know, the fact of the matter is our extra dollar goes to... A lot of things that, you know, they can't see and it's their choice to support it or not support it. But, you know, paid maternity leave, chicken without antibiotics, like we could go on and on. But it's a different company and you're buying a different product. But it's difficult. It's difficult for the consumer to see that. Right. Because there's like a really nice Toyota and a really nice Kia. And maybe like one is $5,000 less. What's the difference? They both drove great, you know? So it's it's really, again, back to the whole education thing. And then really, if they give a hoot, sometimes people don't give a hoot.
2: Yeah. yeah I think some people are looking for like the cheapest thing when it comes to an event and they just don't care. But, Absolutely. But like you were saying, like as a culture, I think we're caring more and more about local stuff and the quality and, and source of where things come from. So
0: Yeah. And how it tastes, what went in to put it there. I think I think that's americans are becoming more aware about that you know but it's not going to matter to everybody and so yeah. like part of being in business for a certain period of time is being like okay that's it's not my client
1: and you're able to say that
0: and I'm, I'm able to say that because now i have the confidence that our clients will come along but it's it's not great when you work with a client that's not your client it's yeah. like sure you get paid but like was that good did you you didn't really like that I didn't really like that doesn't feel good it's like a bad date <laughs> it's it's um it's not great all around my sales guy would tell you like everybody's our client
2: yeah
0: um but I would say <laughs> most people are our client. Sure. our yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. well I'm sure it's hard to say no to all especially for a sales guy I'm sure it's hard to see yeah. you guys say no but yeah. yeah I mean those people who don't work out probably don't also really give you the best reviews afterward. i yeah, think either
0: yeah that's the thing it was yeah exactly it wasn't like a great like you, we weren't meant to do business together maybe sure. it's become far and few between because i think it's important for us to enhance our book of business and what we're able to offer yeah. it's called easy entertaining it should be easy for you to entertain but also You know, if you want McDonald's and someone's going to take you to the Capitol Grill, you're probably still thinking about the French fries. Right. (laughs) You know.
1: (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) What's one of your favorite seasons to serve out of?
0: Well, New England, because we have four distinct Winters. Seasons. <laughs> God, no. I went into work today and our cherry blossom tree blossomed. Yeah, and yeah like, it was 70
1: so degrees yesterday. Poor freaking <laughs> tree I so took my daughter to the beach yesterday. Yeah, why not? Water,
0: People are like... swimming. <laughs> yeah. It's like going crazy. Yeah. I love the seasonality of New England. I lived in South Carolina for a brief period of time, which is wonderful. Um, but I missed you, you. Oh, it's so sick. You like miss the snowstorm uh, culture. You know, do you really know when it's going to be snowed in? No. (laughs) I don't know. I I love fall. I love fall because I feel like I'm not even really cooking in summer because everything's so delicious and I'm just eating everything uncooked. But fall, like when it first becomes like 55, I feel like is my temperature threshold. And then you can make a nice soup. And it's appropriate to go out for a walk after dinner, but not dark at three. That's probably my favorite time to cook. And I also think autumn is like very New England. Yeah. There, there's like all that weird stuff we do. We like wear plaid, pick apples, there's pumpkin patches. It's like what yeah. people.
1: Corn mazes.
0: I mean, it's so quintessential. Yeah. It's like Yankee magazine, postcard. That's, that's our lives. My
2: family literally does something called apple extravaganza and we go apple picking and then we make apple treats and we. Yeah.
0: And that's... I mean like, to, like, what do you do in Florida? pick citrus I don't know
2: (laughs) all year round you pick citrus (laughs) I don't know
0: I mean it's like New England is like made for seasons
2: I was gonna say what's your favorite thing to cook in the fall
0: I'm very into soups my poor husband is not super into soups but (laughs) I think I love like our squashes that we have I love a squash soup I love things like that and I also I love meat so like I love a steak in the fall with sweet potatoes and like maybe some charred leeks and mushrooms. Like I love that. That's gr- easy, great. Earthy. Earthy, red wine-ish Yeah. Right. Mm. Although I don't discriminate between wine.
1: <laughs> most people, blindfolded, can't tell the difference between white and red. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: <laughs> I don't know who you're hanging no. out with.
1: <laughs> the same. Most most people. Oh my goodness, yeah. we need to they do a tell. beta
0: on that. We need yeah. to get a bunch of people in here and make <laughs> them do sad. it. Like a podcast. Should that. be funny. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, like a new Instagram challenge. Yeah. House kitchen. That would actually be really fun. That
0: would be wonderful. Yeah. I'd love to. Now I'm curious. Like yeah. Can I even tell? Who knows?
1: <laughs> the next time y'all are in the kitchen with some wine, I'm just blindfold people mm-hmm. and say, all right, which one's red? Which one's white? She yeah, you got to have a line once. And you say y'all. Right. right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Making that's me that.
0: feel at home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's do it. Wine taste. Yeah, that's so. it. I love that. I mean, I've got a either a red or a white wine in the fridge. You have you have to, I feel like you got to have them at like
0: the same temperature. Same temperature. Right? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh, this is or chilled around. They're
1: almost certainly. Like... you I mean,
2: I feel like you're being a bit jokey about it, but like I also feel like there are people who really. Oh sure. Mix it oh sure Yes. Yeah. Oh who sure. Who cannot tell the there. difference? Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like someone who eats like a piece of salmon and they're like, mm, mm. chicken? I'm like, oh no.
0: Yeah. Very very fair point. Yeah. They, they exist. They exist.
1: <laughs> none of none of the the, the fine customers are <laughs> easy, easy entertaining. Easy. entertaining <laughs> of would...
0: Uh, the people you say no to yeah our sales team would welcome you
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were
2: gonna say something sorry
1: before I I think I think it was interesting to so you went to Italy to learn about seasons
0: oh right yeah so I went to school like college college in South Carolina and was gonna be a lawyer Uh, but I had studied abroad in Rome and In the fall, and we lived in an apartment scenario, so we had to cook for ourselves, and I'd never cooked for myself before. But I was in a house with six girls. It was terrible. (laughs) Um, it It was like torture. And so the only room that had a door on it, aside from the bathroom, was the kitchen, which was a closet that had been converted to a kitchen. And it had two burners. A, a dorm mini fridge, a very small sink. And I was like, okay, I will make us dinner. I will figure this out. If you will leave me alone, <laughs> like <laughs> when the, the door. door is closed, you <laughs> right. cannot come in. And so I taught myself how to go to the grocery store, how to buy things, how to, you know, I don't know if you, if any of your listeners have been to Europe, like You have to weigh and price the items yourself before you go to cash out, right? So, like in America, we just like into the bags and then bring it up, and the lady and you do all the work yourself in Italy. Like, of course you do. (laughs) And so I'd do that, and then I'd come home, and then I'd like make something, which also with six girls is crazy because I don't really like. Well, you. Anyways, when well. in Rome, <laughs> seriously.
2: Was the, I'm sorry, I I, uh, I feel like I got mixed up. Are you in Italy at this point? This already? is in Rome. Yeah, oh, okay. In Rome. Okay. okay. And this right.
0: is in undergrad, so like I was there okay. studying, like God knows what, maybe art. Okay, okay. who okay. knows? Sorry. But I really learned to cook. So my my parents came over for Thanksgiving that year because I was like there over Thanksgiving, and I was like, I'm gonna cook dinner, and my mom was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> are we going to die? Like yeah. what, what is going on? Yeah.
1: We're in Rome. We can go anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cook? yeah. You can imagine everywhere. the
0: conversations behind the scenes. And I was like, no, we're all going to have dinner together. And, she, and and, we did, I don't even know what I made. I have no memory. I was so stressed out having to live with all those women. <laughs> they came and they were like, wow, this is really good. My grandfather was, he was a school principal, but he, but he ran a restaurant in the summers. He had a kitchen, a private kitchen separate from my the house like with my grandmother he built a kitchen with like a padlock and you couldn't go it was just his kitchen and so I remember growing up and being in there with him before he passed away and so I I really liked it and then I went back to college and I started cooking in my dorm which is not allowed um I would get fire code violations and the dean finally I was very very small college in South Carolina pulled me aside and was like hey maybe maybe culinary school maybe not law school like what do you think mm, and I wow. was like I don't think so <laughs> like right. I don't think the Roberts family is going to take kindly to that <laughs> <laughs> four years undergrad moves. Anyways, it was, so I did because I applied to this culinary school and I didn't think I'd get in because I had an undergrad in you know, English, it worked out, went there and then in, and I moved to Florence. I did a year program there and it was mainly in Italian, which was a surprise, <laughs> but you did learn like. They just don't really cook out of season there. So for Easter, you know, in Florence Pasqua, there's certain dishes that you have and you just have them at Easter because you can get certain things from the market around Easter. And so that was just, you know, also how we learned. So like our curriculum was based around the seasons of being there. And then I was like, oh, what a novel idea. Like, why don't we do this in in America? And at that time, you know, we were like coming off the late 90s and 80s, which was like such a demand culture. I mean, we're still obviously in a very a different kind of demand culture and everybody's like unplugging now. <laughs> it was like everybody wanted all things all the time. And, and Americans still do. I mean, you like go into a supermarket like why? Why are there mangoes there? I love them. But like mangoes, you know, like if you go to Mexico, do we have, I don't even know. There's, it's just, there's certain things that maybe aren't supposed to be grown in certain areas of the world, but we've gotten accustomed to eating them. Avocados, like my son would die without them. That was how I learned about it. And then I came back and I applied it. You know, why are we getting commodity chicken when there's great chicken down the street or, and it just took a little while to catch on. But now I do think, I think it's important to enough people that we can, we've grown every year. I mean, I think that says enough about it, for sure. But Italians, for sure, Europeans in general, but Italians, for sure, are like, oh, we don't, you know, this, this is when we eat this. And yeah. you're like, oh, OK, what if I want it tomorrow? Well, next year, Wow. you know, you can have this next year. It's just the way it is. Or there's certain things that are in season there and you only have them there. And everything in Italy is about doing it because that's the way they've always done it. <laughs>
1: Which is maybe not the right <laughs> reason, but it's, uh, but it's, it's a, but it's a cool byproduct it's in a this reason. particular case. Yeah. 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 We had Jamie Atzignano on from, um, Angelo's, Angelos. Charita, and it was funny. Just, I had like this light bulb moment during the episode that was like, you know, I, I come from a sort of half Italian family and it was like, Oh, this is what it means to be Italian.
0: Yeah. You do it because that's the way you've always done it. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: It's just like steeped in it.
0: And there's like a more, like usually people sometimes will pull away from that and I want to do it my own way, but like there's more honor in being able to live up to that, you know? So there's like a whole other side to living up to that and doing it properly and being able to execute it properly. Right. It's
2: interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I think we have kind of the opposite attitude of that sometimes here of just like, Oh no, we don't do it that way because we've done it that way before. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's also wrong sometimes, yeah. and I think the the local the seasonal varieties and stuff is an example of you know probably in the eighties and stuff they'd be like why would I do things seasonally why wouldn't I not just get things out of a can and like I can get all this stuff awesome convenience things make, like super convenient microwave
0: meal microwave yeah so it was like exactly such a big deal when I was growing up like mom's going out so I get to have a kids meal yeah and,
2: like this is amazing yeah, yeah and now
0: people are like oh my god the plastic we're gonna die so it's <laughs> right. like a whole it's like a big return to you know where we came from and people are like i don't have a microwave in my house and you're like oh god bless you
1: <laughs> i think yeah the first apartment that i lived in in providence i think for about five years we didn't have a microwave a
0: lot of like my husband did not have a microwave when we got married and the weird thing is it's like i don't really use now that i have kids i zap things in there frequently but i certainly didn't when we were first married but i was just kind of more like how are you a bachelor without a microwave yeah right how do you cook eggs? Right. She ate a
1: lot of raw foods. He <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. always
0: frozen meals. How like, do you ever How Wanda? do you
1: ever cook a whole chicken without a microwave? Like, <laughs> what's wrong toss with that you? bad boy in there? <laughs> just, you just rub it. How Plastic does that Plastic and all. How does just happen? right in the package. You just yeah. put it in there. Thirty-five minutes on high. <laughs>
0: and
1: Now yeah. chicken's cooked.
0: Try it at home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> This, this was YCDD recipe. Corner. Yeah, right? You can do it. It's, it's safe you, you in put in the thermometer, 165 degrees, and uh,
0: that's it. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. is that how easy entertaining works? You yeah, cook totally. chickens and yeah. Them we
0: them just work. bring microwaves off site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. Propane powered yeah. microwave. Yeah, solves the issue of light at the yeah. same time.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be wild. Uh, is, there, uh, is, is there something that you've added to the menu ever that kind of surprised you? Like, I I can't believe I added this and I can't believe how successful it was
0: all the time. Like sometimes you're just like, holy crap. Like before, like way, way before all the amazing donut shops were here, we started this thing called donut Fridays. Oh, because my grandmother used to make homemade donuts, and I was like, we can make donuts, and I saw the margins on them, and I was like, yeah, smart, and we thought it would be a great idea to, like, bring people <laughs> in on Fridays, so we did Donut Fridays, and it, like, really caught on, and then we started making a lot of money on donuts, and I was like, oh. I don't want to open a donut shop. Like what am I doing here? And donuts are no joke. Like shout out to like Lori, like, Oh my God, they're miserable. And you're like proofing them. And and they're so sensitive. They're like the sensitive food of the world. They're just like so touchy. And, um, so thank God for like, PVD and need and all the wonderful donut shops because now we don't have to make them anymore. Mm. But yeah, we were like shocked about that. Right now... The
1: success of the donuts. Yeah. Store.
0: Right now we're having like a big pretzel moment.
1: Are you doing pretzels?
0: We do homemade pretzels. And that's like a huge catering trend right now. What else is really big? I mean, yeah, char- I don't. charcuterie was like huge, right? Right. I read this like hilarious meme. God, I hope you guys think it's funny. <laughs> it was like charcuteries are like babies because everybody... Can make one, and they think theirs is the best. <laughs> <laughs> to remember, like who sent that to me, but I was like, "Dang, oh, that's, that's good. spot on." But that's that's good. right, that's isn't very that so good. true? <laughs> but like that—that's having, you know, people are like, "I could just yeah. eat bread and cheese for my whole life." Yeah. That's having a moment. We do home- homemade <laughs> chips. People are very into that. Mm. Potato uh, chips are gorgeous. Potato yeah. chips. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Homemade, homemade potato chips are delicious.
0: Um, they are delicious. You can like really. A slightly thicker cut
1: you can make them at home but My, why whoa, but wait wait why?
0: why in your microwave
1: Why yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 eat someone else's homemade yeah, 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 yeah. so get a gallon of oil and yeah. put it in your microwave yeah. on yeah. high yeah. To exactly. fry.
0: so things yeah things are funny in there in catering it's very trendy mm-hmm. you know so like people always want to do something that someone else hasn't done before but then inherently they are because they've seen it somewhere but some people are like real originals like they'll be like this is how I want my event to feel it I want to do x and you'll be like okay and then we have to think about okay if I was in New Orleans like what would I be eating and what would it feel like and mm. so that's that's the fun part about catering and then you get to do it and move on
1: so you'll do like a like a Louisiana Bayou theme
0: yeah we had an event this past December that was like really neat and she was like I don't know. It was very private and secretive and some kind of business thing was going on, but it had to have a new Orleans theme to it. And that was all we knew. And so they're like new Orleans theme, but not too new Orleans-y that people don't want to eat it. And I was like,
1: so no whole crawfish in a
0: jambalaya. No, no eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing looking at them. (laughs) Right. So yeah. So we kind of like ran with that. And then, then you think about, what does it look like there? What does it feel like there? What does it sound like there? And, and just making sure that the experience is complete.
1: Cause you don't handle just the food. Like you also handle the, the whole like ambiance. Yeah. Like the, the whole here.
0: experience, you know, anything from music to tenting, to decor, to, um, you know, fun things like photo booths and experiential things. Like everybody wants, a. Value add these days. So it's like, oh, can you come to a demo on wines or bourbons or whiskeys? And just like people are interested and want to become educated on certain things, like micro education. And so, like your macaroon class we we're yeah. talking about, it's people are consumers are really intrigued and interested. And it's so, we, yeah, uh, it is fun.
1: We bought our in law or my in laws, my, my wife and I bought her parents'. Uh, easy, entertaining pizza making class. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's like
0: oh, cool. in doing that, like on a corporate level or like a bachelor party level or a bachelorette party level, like things like that seem to go over really well. Yeah. And it's mm.
1: really fun. It's like, it's a great date night. Like,
0: yeah, it is fun. It is fun. I'm we're pl- we love to do collaborations when we can breathe. So like working with other people, like we did a sandwich with rebel, you know, one thing that's really nice now that wasn't around, when I started is there's like this huge community of entrepreneurs food based entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and I just think like gosh it'd be really fun to be like starting now and feel supported and business can be so it, it, I think it is it's just so isolating it's like all you do is like talk to people all day and if you're an owner and an o- a sole owner even if you have like the most wonderful people in the world working with you which I can easily say that I do it's still really isolating because if you make a bad decision it's on you like that's it the buck stops there so sometimes you just feel really alone but if you're with in this community like I call on other business owners all the time particularly female ones just to be like have you done this this way before um and it's that's really nice and that's very new for Rhode Island like I feel like maybe like five years, I mean, five years, I guess is old to a lot of these kids, but <laughs> to me, I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. Mm. Like yeah. Kickstarter, that whole thing. That's like, yeah. wow. People have started like killer businesses with a Kickstarter, yeah. you know? So I mean, awesome. Morgan
2: opened up her, her new place with the Kickstarter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I've been there a few times. Really nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's really, I think the whole concept of community supporting something that they want to see is really interesting.
2: And so are you, yeah. Cause I mean, we've, you know, that's the vibe that we have gotten from a lot of these newer businesses. We've yeah. interviewed. The collaboration is just amazing. Yeah. And so are you tapping into that more and more with easy entertaining or just yeah, where you can?
0: Like have- yeah. I feel like people have like come to us and been like, Oh, do you want to do a collab? And I was like, what's a collab? And then <laughs> I figured out what that was. And then I was <laughs> like, like,
2: definitely I'm yeah, just gonna totally. Google unrelated thing. Me
0: feel like I'm like 80, you know, <laughs> I think what happened was I saw a lot of like chef dinners and like a lot of guys doing a lot of chef dinners no offense to my guys but then I was just kind of like what um there wasn't a lot outside of like the restaurant industry and then all these other very specific businesses started popping up bagels poke donuts barbecue like experts in uh area and um watching them all kind of work together was fun and then just meeting by nature of meeting people then people are like oh do you want to do something together sometime and it's just kind of fun when you're in our industry that that something sometime instead of like going to watch a movie it's like oh do you want to like host 50 people for like a ticketed dinner together and that can be fun for us because we see each other and spend time together and get feedback and and then we learn how other people do things and that's important to us to see how other people are uh, making things cooking things and it's it's interesting it's a way to keep educating yourself when you can't always have time to like pick your head up and educate yourself
1: one of the the things that kind of stuck out to me earlier in the conversation too and i'll tie this into another question was Um, You talked about how easy entertaining actually offers maternity Mm. benefits. I
0: should say family leave. Family leave. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I should say family leave because we don't really care if you're a guy or girl. In fact, after I had kids, I decided that the boys need to be out just as long as the girls do. Wow. That's great. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, no joke aside, just because. Um, I mean, I have a little bit of a different situation having twins, but my husband's company gave him, I want to say he was out for 12 weeks. I only took, I took eight weeks, but he was out for 12 weeks. I just felt like that was really important. Right. And I also think like that's part of the whole employee, like uh, the life of an employee, right? So maybe they come and they're young and you train them and they start, and then they're giving you a lot of hours and a lot of time Mm -hmm. and then they need a little time. And so you give them a little time and then they come back and then you take a little time. And then it's just kind of more about balancing work and life for them or having, having them be able to do that being a fabric of the company. And that's important to us. We can do it because Rhode Island has TDI. And so we make people's pay whole Um, By filling in the gap of what they can naturally take and then through various other things like a fee that we have on each check like that part of that goes to that fund and you can take it whether you adopt a kid or you're a husband, you know, but we do other things because like everything isn't about kids and people that have kids think everything's about kids and it's not. So like if your dog's sick, like take care of your dog. If your mom's sick, take care of your mom, take vacation, take things like that. But I do find, and this is, I've only ever run the company really that way, but I do find that we have very low turnover and we have people that are engaged and want to come back to work and can, can find a way for that to happen for them. So they feel like, okay, I can, I can figure it out this year, like figure out balancing work with going home and seeing my kids and all that kind of stuff.
1: And that's an incredible way to lead.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, my father is a, was always a real, I mean, my mom's an amazing leader, but my dad was in HR and you know, HR is kind of like that awkward middle position where someone's telling you to like take everything away from people and then you're kind of like doling that down to them. And so I, grew up always like hearing him being like, Oh, if I was a good boss, I'd do this or, and so I just thought also like, wouldn't it be nice to not be a jackass, you Mm. know, or just to be someone that someone like wanted to work for and I'm vain enough that I really didn't want people to be like, wow, she sucks. Like I hate working for her, but I do I find that's
2: vanity per se. Just... Yeah. It's a little
0: fair. like, it's a little <laughs> to be like, gosh, if I'm being thought of, I'd like for it to not be in that sense. Yeah. Um, but I also find that like, you can get a lot out of people and like make them work really hard and by a lot of different ways, but will they stay? Right. Mm-hmm. And I learned very early on, like, retraining people, hiring people, it's like mind numbing. Yeah. It's horrible, thankless revenue draining work. So um it's so much better to keep someone, retain them, train them, mold them, work together.
2: A relationship. It's too.
0: a relationship. And there's like if you're in a relationship out like a marriage, a friendship, there's years that you give and there's years that you take. And that's just like the way it is. People will be like, no, they need to show up and be off their phone. It's just like, oh forget it you're exhausting, you know, <laughs> just give it a minute. You know, I had a, well, my marketing director. I like, he was came, started working for me when he was 19 little baby. He's like almost <laughs> 30 now. And I noticed he was a server and I noticed he was always on his phone probably cause he's like 10 years younger than me. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I'm on Instagram. And I was like, why don't you clean something? And he was like, Oh, this is really, you could, you know, I was posting our sandwiches on there or something. And I was like, what? And then I was like, okay, you can be in charge of that. And so then, you know, like he graduated from college and we made him in charge of that. He's in charge of a lot more than that now. But I was, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, sometimes people reveal their highest and best use to you without intending to do so.
2: Well, it's up to you as the owner to like take advantage of that. I mean, in a good, in a positive way, right? Like you recognize the value there. Yeah.
0: And people that have like lives outside of work, like that's what you want. You want people to have balance. Because otherwise, the burnout's high right. in if our excited, industry, at least. Yeah.
1: They, yeah. They, they're going towards something that yeah. they love to do, and that's going to fill them yeah. and they come back. And totally. Hopefully, that.
0: I think a lot of people take offense to that, but it's not, you know, it has nothing to do with me. It's just everything you need to pause and everything to come back to it, I think.
1: One thing I wanted to ask, because there was, uh, you have a history in law, and I'm always curious about like how local legislation. Or like regulatory things affect certain businesses. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just like a closet interest of mine. But are, are there any weird That's laws a in guy. the book that you've run into in Rhode Island with your business that you're like, I can't believe I have to do this stupid thing?
0: Oh, God. Absolutely. And
1: what is it? I want to know.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> just like our, just the archaic nature of our licensing process in Rhode Island is... It it's really crazy. Right? It's like
1: business licensing? Oh yeah. yeah.
0: It's like go here, touch your toe ten times, turn around. Hit, <laughs> it is unbelievable. And I was actually just talking to someone, another business owner, about this today. And I was like, I've been in it for so long. Like I, I'm I've been indoctrinated yeah. with this. Like I didn't realize how crazy it was until she was saying it back to me. And then I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm on your team. Let's do something again. Mm. And I feel like every once in a while I get a burst of energy to change it. And then sometimes I'm like, oh God, this is crazy. But the thing is, is I think a lot of people realize it. It's just in Rhode Island, it just takes a while to change. Mm. And legislation is like mind numbing for me. I mean, that's probably like food was like immediate gratification. Like it was very easy for me to change to food. And in Rhode Island, yeah, legislation's tricky, but... I mean, I have to think about like in the, in the breath of business, right? TDI came around, which a lot of business owners hate for no reason because we pay nothing into it. So everybody needs to chill about that. But like that came around and that made people's working lives better, especially if they were for a small company. It's like this inherent benefit that you have Um, paid sick leave. Like that was a big thing. I mean, people are like, I'm a business owner. I don't want to pay for people to be out sick. They're going to be on their phones all day. I'm like, Jesus, Mary, I, this is not what people do when they're sick, you know, yeah. and, and thinking about people in the food industry, once someone's sick, touching your food. No, right. I mean, like, right.
1: they need to be able to afford to take a day off. This is yeah. it, right?
0: Yeah. I have to like, say those things have, have come along, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's not easy to own a business in Rhode Island. It just isn't. It's hard to pay your sales tax. It's, um, it's hard to, Um, Get a license renewed that you've had for 10 years and it's hard to file excise tax. It's just Mm. very arbitrary. It's 2020 and everything's online except for that. Right. Right. You're like, oh. (laughs) Right. <laughs> come on down to the licensing office. Oh, no, thank you. No, no, I don't want to do that. I love you guys, but I don't want to come down. Yeah, and it's important to be, like, I need to be, I was just saying darn to today, it's important for me to be aware of this because yeah. I feel like I'm part of the problem that I've, like, acquiesced to it. Right. right? That, like, we just do it, like, year after year, and we're in a position that we can afford to do it, even though we shouldn't, right? right. That could probably be, like, another part-time or full-time job for someone, just right. all those fees. And... Wow. So, Something to think about isn't it crazy yeah, to it, think re- of it I, that way, i I, of it. I gotta be honest I'm, I'm' yeah I'm on it today about it
1: um did you have anything that yeah that was like cooking your noodle you wanted to ask before
2: i mean i, I... Nothing serious. I, I guess I am <laughs> oh, <have, laughs> just a goofy oh, question. Well, just the a, fun just stuff. A goofy question. Mm-hmm. No, I mean you know you've done all these different events and stuff. I mean, what's what's one of the most interesting things you've done at an event?
0: You think you've seen it all, but you haven't. That's like our slogan with catering all the time. Right. You think you've seen it all, but you're weirdest <laughs> clients just around the just corner. just around
2: the corner. But yeah.
0: the thing is, is like we all we're all in this world. And then when I think about it, everybody's got to eat, and and these people like like our food. So there's some like people that. I could see on the street or see some of these things about it and be like, wow, we have nothing in common, but we have stuff in common. And I think that's, that's like a good thing to come back to.
1: Is that, is that the best part about it? Feeding people?
0: I think that it's the only thing, and I've said this for years, like it's the only thing in the world that everybody does, right? Or everybody tries to do is eat. Like every culture has food. Not every culture drinks wine or not even listens to music, but everybody has a food that they remember from their childhood or is important to them or has like a sense of place. And that's the only thing that I think we have left in this world is that like everybody eats. And so, how you eat, and if you're eating because you're grieving or you're eating because you're celebrating, the idea of finding something that everybody in the world like your mortal enemy still eats so like (laughs) there's something to be said for like sitting down and breaking bread together and I just like to do that
1: what a wonderful way to end thank you very much
0: (laughs) thank you guys (laughs) it's
1: good to have you on Thanks so much for listening to You Can Do It, Do It. For more info about Caitlin, you can visit youcandoitduet.com. We've got all the show notes there with all the relevant links. Also, additionally, if you like this show please share it with a friend I'm sure they'd like it too and it's Rhode Island so pretty much everybody's gonna know someone who we've interviewed at some point so hope uh, hope you can share it hope they like it as always Night Swim provided the theme song for this show it's a song called Fiji it's great it's on iTunes, Spotify and uh, wherever you get great music I know I say it every week but we love doing this and uh, couldn't be more happy to be putting this show out there so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in a couple weeks thanks bye